0: you're listening to Reality with Lana Lynette and today I'm going to be introducing a series that I hope to continuously build on called World vs. Word. You've probably asked yourselves the following questions innumerable times in the past few years. Why do people act like that? Why do people think that way? Why do people say those things? The answer is simple. It's because of their worldview A worldview is a frame through which we view reality and make sense of the world around us. Our worldview influences our behavior because we respond to things according to the worldview that we hold. Many people truly don't understand the importance of a worldview, which is a huge problem because our worldview acts as a map or GPS. orients us, it tells us where we're going. Without it, we don't really understand how we arrive somewhere, what's in the surrounding area, or where we're headed next. Worldviews are also the foundation on which we build our lives. So our worldview needs to be something concrete, something that is unchangeable and reliable, but... People like to buffet style their worldview by taking a little bit of everything and mixing it together, but they don't really understand what their worldview is or why they hold it. Holding conflicting beliefs and attitudes creates the cognitive dissonance that we see a lot today. So we'll be looking at two worldviews, the secular worldview and the biblical worldview. Uh, These two worldviews are the polar opposites. Of each other. One is atheistic while the other is theistic. The secular worldview is also the most prolific worldview today. Additionally, I wanted to note that I will not be diving into other religions because the simple truth is that the biblical worldview is the only worldview in which mankind is not the center and where mankind cannot do anything to earn heaven or utopia the atheistic worldview is man-centered it's very opposite it's diametrically opposed if you put all the other religious worldviews on a line they would fall in the middle between the secular worldview and the biblical worldview why because they are all stolen pieces of the bible all religions are stolen pieces of the bible all right so this topic is going to be split up into two parts two episodes one focusing in on the worldview uh, elements and then the other, the worldview meta narrative. So you might be asking, Well, I'm not a Christian or I don't believe in God. Well, honestly, it doesn't matter, Christ follower or not, religious or not, this is relevant to you. You just fall into the secular worldview category. All right, let's begin. One way of analyzing a worldview is through the five main worldview elements. God, man, truth, knowledge, and ethics. First, God. The secular worldview says that God doesn't exist. There is no God, so their worldview is purely atheistic. They believe only in what they can see, touch, feel, and that matter is all that has ever existed. They believe that mankind is only matter, no soul or spirit. While the Biblical worldview is theistic, it says that there is a God, that He is necessary and powerful. Uh, The Biblical worldview says that God has always existed in the trinity of the Father, Son and Holy Spirit. The Biblical worldview proclaims a God who is both mind and heart, that He not only created the world but sent His Son to die for it. What's ironic is the secular worldview is the general worldview most people hold today. Yet we're told that most people are religious. And in America, we're told that most people are Christian. Another thing is that the secular worldview says that God doesn't exist, but it talks an awful lot about a mysterious and spiritual God that just has always been. Do you see the broken logic here? Psalm 14:1 says, The fool says in his heart, there is no God. They are corrupt. They do abominable deeds. There is none who does good. Essentially, they minimize God in their hearts, but in their mind, they cannot deny his existence. In their heart, in their secret thoughts, they're afraid and or ashamed to utter a belief in God. Moving on to man, the secular worldview believes that man is a result of evolution and natural selection, which is also known as survival of the fittest. George Gaylord Simpson describes evolution as man being the result of a purposeless and natural process that did not have him in mind. He was not planned. He He is a state of matter, a form of life, a sort of animal, and a species of the order primates, akin nearly or remotely to all of life and indeed to all that is material. So... They believe that mankind is merely the highest form yet to evolve through natural selection, survival of the fittest. And since there is no God, humankind is accountable to no one because there is no life after death. That means that life to them means nothing apart from daily consumption and enjoyment. The biblical worldview says that man was created by God. Genesis one26 28 says, Then God said, Let us make man in our own image, after our own likeness. And let them have dominion over the fish of the sea, and over the birds of the air, and over the livestock, over all the earth, and over every creeping thing that creeps on the earth. So God created man in his own image, and the image of God he created him. Male and female, he created them and blessed them. And God said to them, be fruitful and multiply and fill the earth and subdue it and have dominion over the fish of the sea and over the birds of the heavens and over every living thing that moves on the earth. Then we have Psalms 139, 13 through 16, which says, you formed my inward parts. You knitted me together in my mother's womb. I praise you for I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Wonderful are your works. My soul knows that very well. My frame was not hidden from you when I was made in the secret place. Intricately woven in the depths of the earth, you saw my unformed substance. In your book were written every one of them, the days that were formed for me, when I yet there was none of them. So God created life and humanity for his glory. God loves man and created man in his own image for a divine purpose and a holy calling. He's personal in that he knows everything about us before we even take our first breath. Man is, is accountable to god for his decisions and behavior and stewardship of the earth and so man is offered hope of life after death and eternity in the presence of god the secular worldview is telling us in our nature we are wired to take whatever we want at the expense of someone else because they believe in survival of the fittest an example of this would be the third reich Uh, The Nazis, who were secular humanists, more specifically they were Darwinian evolutionists, they believed themselves to be the superior race. That's why they had no problem exterminating the Jews. Another example would be feminism. The secular worldview tells us that women are the weaker primate, but that doesn't match their narrative on feminism. Essentially, the secular worldview can't say The Third Reich or the oppression of women is wrong because they believe in the theory of evolution, survival of the fittest. The secular worldview says that your value is tied up in your capability to survive. If you're weak, unintelligent, different, etc., then the secular worldview says that you are less than. That's why the secular humanist thinks it's okay to slaughter innocent babies. On the other side, the biblical worldview says that all things were made by God with an inherent value and a divine purpose. So to the Christ follower, the Jew, the German, the woman, the unborn child, the mentally impaired, the paraplegic, they all have the same inherent worth and value because they are made in the image of God. Next we have truth. The secular worldview says that truth is relative. What's true for one person isn't necessarily true for another. What's true today isn't true tomorrow. The biblical worldview says that truth is absolute something is true when it corresponds to the perspective of god because he oversees everything it's as if god is the referee in a game except he is all-knowing he sees what is seen and unseen he knows our actions he knows our intentions and so something is true when it corresponds to reality that is God's creation and balance of nature. Thus, truth is universal. Truth is true for all people in all places at all times. Numbers twenty three nineteen says, God is not man that he should lie or a son of man that he should change his mind. Has he said and will he not do it? Or has he spoken and will he not fulfill it? So, God is not faulty like humans who lie and cheat. Absolute truth exists as long as God sits on his throne because he is righteous and holy and just. He keeps all things in motion. An example of relative truth is that dumb saying, my truth, not your truth, which is a cop-out to just spin something in someone's favor. Moving on to knowledge, the secular worldview says, That knowledge is founded on naturalistic materialism. This is the belief that nature is a closed system and matter is all that matters. They believe we come to know things through human experience, which involves inner feelings and inclinations as opposed to thinking and reasoning. They also tend towards sensory experiences, which is the acceptance of knowledge in the material realm. They consider science to be the primary method of learning and believe that humanity's chances of bettering the world is to grow, invent, and advance. Whereas the biblical worldview says that knowledge comes from a properly employed reason and properly understood faith. The two rely on each other and will never return contradictory claims when used in this way. For example, the biblical worldview says that it is by faith and the evidence of things unseen that we understand the world was formally created by God. We were not eyewitnesses of God's creation. It is by reason and rationale that we come to know the word of God to be infallibly true. Through the evidence God provides in his word because it harmonizes with the reality that we see first timothy 6 23 21 says guard the deposit entrusted to you avoid the irreverent babble and contradictions of what is falsely called knowledge for by professing it some have swerved from the faith proverbs 2 6 says for the lord gives wisdom from his mouth come knowledge and understanding proverbs 1 7 says the fear of the lord is the beginning of knowledge Fools despise wisdom and instruction. The secular worldview only trusts in something that can be observed, tested, and experimented on. Since God, heaven, hell, mind, spirit can't be observed, they don't exist. The major accusations against the Christian worldview is that it's unscientific. However, every claim that the word of God makes about science is not only true, but it fills in a lot of the gaps that modern scientists tend to gloss over. Not only that, but biblical events have been aligned with historical events and biblical prophecies have found their fulfillments. Next, we have ethics. The secular worldview says that ethics is cultural and negotiated. It is not absolute. They believe that ethics depends on the culture you live in because it's negotiated amongst the people in a particular culture. So things might be ethically accepted in one place but not the other. The biblical worldview says ethics is morally absolute because it's rooted in the unchanging and eternal nature, personality, and law of God. Ethical morality is the same everywhere at all times, and it doesn't change because God doesn't change. We have Colossians 2.8, which says, See to it that no one takes you captive by philosophy and empty deceit according to human tradition, according to the elemental spirits of the world, and not according to Christ. Essentially, since the secular worldview rejects the existence of God, humanity gets to decide on standards and values. However, that means that the standards will never be the same everywhere that they'll change depending on who has the power to change them. They claim that ethics stems from human need and interest. So what if human need and interest become inhumane? The perfect example for this is Biden's response to the Chinese uh, treatment of Uyghur Muslims in labor camps. He dismissed the genocide that was occurring there and dubbed it a cultural norm of mass internment. That is a perfect example of secular worldview ethics. Meanwhile, the biblical worldview says, no, that is wrong here, there, and everywhere. It might be occurring because God's moral nature is absolute and unchanging. The Bible contains all of God's words. And since he doesn't change, the word doesn't change either. So those are the five main worldview elements. We do have a few others. We have psychology. The world says self-actualization, which focuses on man's inherent goodness and predicts that every individual can achieve mental health through the fulfillment of physical and material needs. But remember, we just learned that the secular worldview only believes that man is only matter. These ideas directly contradict one another because self-actualization claims that man is the master of his fate. The Bible says recognition of our rebellion against God, our human depravity, and our fallen nature and condition are the keys to psychology. The biblical worldview says that we must recognize our own sinfulness and need for Christ. Biblical psychology demands that human nature and humanity recognize that guilt is real and it must be acknowledged and repented for. Next we have sociology, which is the study of social behavior, norms, origins, and development. It has to do with the behavior of institutions and organizations and how people behave when organized into groups as opposed to individually. The world says non-traditional family, non-traditional church, non-traditional state because they believe that civilization and culture shape the individual to be good or bad, that it is not through the individual's own fault or doing. And in order to break down the institutions that stifle that person's inherent goodness, the secular worldview demands a reform of the institution of the family. Abolition of church and government-run education. The Bible says traditional family, church, and state. Both the individual and society are important to God. God rescues the sinner through the sacrifice of His Son, Jesus Christ. God has ordained social institutions like the family, the church, and the state and commands them to teach in love, respect, discipline, work, and community as demonstrated in the word of God. Exodus twenty twelve says, Honor your father and mother, that your days may be long in the land that the Lord your God has given you. Ephesians 20 through 22 says, Built on the foundation of the apostles and prophets, Jesus Christ himself, being the cornerstone in whom the whole structure being joined together, grows into a holy temple in the Lord. In him, you also are being built together into a dwelling place for God by the Spirit. 1 Peter 2, 13-14 says, Be subject to the Lord's sake, to every human institution, whether it be emperor as supreme, or to governors as sent by him to punish those who do evil and to praise those who do good. Next, we have the view of law. The world says positive law, which is determined by a consensus. The state is given sovereignty. Uh, with the world state seen as the only source for legal truth. They believe that crime is more the fault of social order than an inherent flaw in the individual. The Bible says natural law, divine law, which originates in the very character and righteous, loving attributes of God. Divine law is eternal because God is eternal and someday God will use it to judge the world in a judgment based on natural law. God established human government and the rule of law primarily to keep in check man's sinful nature and passions. Because of the fall, human history reflects a continuing effort by men to substitute man-made law for God's law. Romans 7.14 And then 7, 18 through 20 says, For we know that the law is spiritual, but I am of the flesh, sold under sin. For I know that nothing good dwells in me that is in my flesh. For I have the desire to do what is right, but not the ability to carry it out. For I do not do the good I want, but the evil I do not want is what I keep doing. Now, if I do what I do not want, It is no longer I who do it, but sin that dwells within me. Politics. The world says liberalism, progressivism, world government. The secular worldview says that a world government will achieve utopia and that man has a responsibility to direct it. Additionally, Liberalism elevates the individual over the sovereignty of God, while progressivism seeks to alter moral laws that have been ordained to keep in check humanity's sinful nature and passions. The Bible says justice, freedom, and order. The biblical worldview says that the state is a God-ordained institution, and it believes in the depravity of human nature. As a result, government has limited powers because God has also appointed power to the church and to the family. 1 Peter 2.16 says, live as free people who are free, not using your freedom as a cover up for evil, but living as servants of God. 1 Corinthians 10.20 says, all things are lawful, but not all things are helpful. All things are lawful, but not all things build up. Next, we have economics, which has to do with production, distribution, and consumption of goods and services. It studies how individuals, businesses, governments, and nations make choices on how to allocate resources and money. The secular worldview says interventionism, which is government-controlled economics. They believe that because man is an evolving creature, that man will be capable of planning the perfect economy. The world's economic system must be strictly controlled through central planning to oversee man's economic affairs. The Bible says stewardship of property. The biblical worldview's desirable economic system promotes justice by protecting the rights of individuals from infringement by others. It contains checks and balances that guarantee the protection of human rights. It favors a free economic system because it allows humankind the freedom to act with the dignity and need to seek fulfillment through understanding God's role in them. When the government meets all the needs of the people, then the government starts to play god what happens is the people no longer see a need for god because government steps into that role so instead of poverty that leads them to god which god can turn for their good they have moral poverty which leads them to the government which leads them into a life of dependency on the government luke 12 29 through 31 says and do not seek what you are to eat and what you are to drink nor be worried for all the nations of the world seek after these things and your father knows that you need them. Instead, seek his kingdom and these things will be added to you. Matthew 25, 21 says, his master said to him, well done, good and faithful servant. You have been faithful over a little. I will set you over very much. Enter into the joy of your master second corinthians 9 7 says each one must give as he has desired in his heart not reluctantly or under compulsion for god loves a cheerful giver second thessalonians 3 10 says for even when we were with you we would give you this command if anyone is not willing to work let him not eat next we have history the world says historical evolution which sees history as strictly naturalistic that it has been propelled with no design history has moved in an upward direction from simplicity to complexity whereas the bible says creation fall and redemption colossians 1:17 through 23 says and he is before all things and in him all things hold together and he is the head of the body the church he is the beginning the firstborn from the dead, that in everything he might be preeminent. For in him all the fullness of God pleased, was pleased to dwell, and through him to reconcile to himself all things, whether on earth or in heaven, making peace by the blood of his cross. And you, who were once alienated, hostile in mind, doing evil deeds, he has now reconciled in his body of flesh by his death, in order to present you holy, blameless, and above reproach before him. If indeed you continue in the faith, stable and steadfast, not shifting from the hope of the gospel that you have heard, which has been proclaimed in all creation under heaven. So the biblical worldview sees history through the concepts of creation, fall, and redemption. It sees history as a progression of events that begin with God's good creation, humanity's rebellion against God, and God's ultimate plan for divine intervention, redemption, and restoration. So as you can see, the secular worldview has so many inconsistencies because they twist their narrative to present a more favorable outcome. For example, they want morality, ethics, purpose to a certain degree, but the secular worldview just doesn't allow for it. On top of that, they ultimately rob and steal from the biblical worldview, even though they profane it. Then they market theirs as a way to utopia. It's no wonder why we look around at the world today and see people who are empty and hopeless seeking but not finding wandering aimlessly always looking for the next thing if you declare yourself a christian but see that you hold some secular worldviews i beg you to please go read your bible it's painfully obvious that all of the ideologies under the secular worldview elements are in opposition to god and the bible The secular and biblical worldviews are diametrically opposed you cannot take what you want from one and then give it to the other by doing so you are rejecting god's order of things which is just another way of rejecting him guys so that was very long and i apologize but i felt like it was necessarily long so that i could lay down some of the groundwork for the rest of this series I hope you have a wonderful rest of your day, and I hope to see you back here for part two. Thanks for watching, and God bless.